Tonight's story is somewhat unique and calls for a different kind of introduction. Today we are canceling the apocalypse! Wait a minute, wait a minute. You ain't heard nothing yet. And uh, this is? Lilu Dallas Multipass. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Houston, we have a problem. Have you tried turning it off and on again? Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Now, where was I? Welcome to another episode of the Blokebusters podcast. I'm Paul, and today this is another installment of Nostalgia Busters, where I have someone on to look into some of the old comedy films and ask the question, does this hold up and would it get made again today? And for this outing, we're going to be talking about Drop Dead Gorgeous. And the person who decided to suggest this film is the creator and co-host of the Men Who Like Men Who Like Movies podcast, Clayton Jones. How are you doing, sir? I am doing wonderful. This is a film that I have wanted to talk about on a podcast since I started doing it. And I have not been quite brave enough to do it on my own. So <laughs> this is a wonderful opportunity for me. Thank you. <laughs> no, no problem at all. And a, a very good, uh, very good one to choose for this uh, you know, type of conversation. So, uh, so thanks for bringing that up. You're welcome. So directed by Michael Patrick Jan. And if you hear the name and go, who? Um, that's a, that's a fair, uh, fair point. Uh, I tried to look up his history, and really, he's not done much. Uh, Drop Dead Gorgeous no. is probably the biggest thing he's done. He apparently uh, was connected with Emily's Reasons Why Not, which was a Heather Graham TV show that was cancelled after a single airing. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's unfortunate. Sorry. Sorry, Heather. Most of the other things he's done they don't even have wikipedia articles but yeah the budget for this was 15 million dollars and the box office at the time i do not have any figures for any uh, re-releases or dvds or anything but the box office was only 10.5 million dollars so this was absolutely a flop at the time so interesting to think about especially given the status it seems to have today so we'll get into that in a little bit i think first and foremost the first question i should ask is what made you suggest this film other than the fact that you've wanted to talk about it since you started podcasting well when you laid out the types of episodes you do when you asked if i would like to be on and I saw what you did with this, and it was the first film that came to mind because it is a comedy from that era that um, I, I don't think could be made now, even though I think that is absolutely tragic. I wish movies like this were still made now <laughs> and were a little less safe, and it is obviously uh, kind of offensive. But I think it's deeply funny, and I did not get to see this in 1999, the best year in film, in my opinion. But uh, <laughs> I saw this probably with one of my gay friends in, like, 2008 and okay. fell in love with it and have watched it a million times since then. And, yeah, it's one of those five stars, no notes movies. I won't be explaining myself. Uh, I will tonight, though, but, you know. <laughs> I was going to say that will make this episode a little bit shorter. Than that. <laughs> uh, 
yeah, no, absolutely. Um, uh, and I'll say my experience with this film before rewatching it for this podcast was I had seen it once at some point in, I would guess, the mid-2000s. Um, I, I believe it was just on TV. I grew up in England. Um, I, I wouldn't expect you to know that. Uh, regular listeners would. But uh, yeah, I grew up in England and it was just on probably Channel 4 over there at the time it was probably uh, uh, a weekend showing uh, late late in the evening and I just remember watching it I remember really enjoying it and then I just never saw it again it's just uh, I, I didn't uh, look for it on DVD um, I, I it was never on streaming until no. very recently Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, it it wasn't something that would even you know pop up in your Netflix queue and you go, oh yeah, yeah, let's rewatch that. It just uh, it was apparently uh, it the first time it landed on streaming, short of people who bought it on say Amazon Prime and stuff like that, uh, was it was on Hulu for the twenty fifth anniversary of the film. And I don't even think you can buy it on Amazon Prime. Like you had to buy a disc version of it somewhere. I remember yeah, I, even finding the DVD was hard when I bought that. And then as soon as that Blu-ray came out, it was just like, oh, I'm snatching that up because it's never <laughs> anywhere other than that brief time it was on HBO Max. Yeah, no, it, it, it's it's very interesting to me that this film has just had a hard time of it, especially given so many other films that I would argue uh, were not as good. But, yeah, they're on streaming or they're easily found on DVD, usually in a bargain bin or something. But, yeah, it, whereas this film really did almost just fall into obscurity uh, if it weren't for a a rabid set of fans that really like this film. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Myself included. <laughs> yeah. And then ultimately the, uh, yeah, the the want was there so that the studio was willing to release it again and uh yeah so obviously with that being said uh I last year should... they actually showed this on the big screen somewhere and i wasn't able to make it to the showing and i was really? so sad because i was like i can't believe i missed an opportunity to see drop dead gorgeous of all things back in theaters <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that 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 would have been an interesting show. Like, yeah, not quite on the level of, say, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh, yeah, not quite the level of audience participation, but I feel like that would have been a fun theater to be in. Uh, oh, yeah, you know that <laughs> crowd was amazing. Probably everyone dressed up as the mum, uh, you know, with, the, <laughs> with the, the can stuck on the hand and stuff like that. Yeah, that, that would have been very, very fun. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think... So diving into this, the first thing that really sort of came to mind as I was rewatching it is that the writing is on point uh, with this film. I mean, the the characters in the film, the you know the the family of the people in the pageant, uh, you know the the mum of uh, Denise Richards just being this this you know, queen of the town basically and uh, you know yeah my daughter's going to win and 
also just disparaging anyone that doesn't come from a similar background uh it's just uh, if you've seen any of those shows like dance mums or anything like that that like, yeah you know this and is like exactly I, what happens don't live there but i live in indiana and have lived in small towns and small town americana i know these people they exist <laughs> this isn't a caricature like these are actual people and yes it is making fun of them but it's not like and they're doing horrible things and exhibiting awful behavior and it's not like saying it's okay but it's just poking fun at it but it's like it exists it's funny yeah, yeah and and that's the thing it's it's satire but all it does is uh you know t- to to take a note from uh, a fantastic Christopher Guest film, it just takes it up to 11. That's really yeah. all it is. It just dials it up a smidge, but it doesn't actually go into full-on sort of stereotype parody. Yeah. I'm like, it's ridiculous, but it's not inauthentic. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, and obviously there are um, characters that are in there that are sort of stereotype jokes but uh, when it comes to the the core of those characters um yeah they absolutely it felt like you know they felt real um and i'm not sure how else to put it like all of the people that were you know participating in the pageant and uh, the parents that we saw of those people it all felt like it was an actual documentary, which is very difficult to pull off. Yeah, I think this is a way ahead of its time. I mean, it is a pitch black comedy, and the satire is so spot on. And I just think audiences didn't quite know how to receive it. And coming out in 1999, yeah. which, again, the movies that came out in that year, just insane. So, you know, there are always 15 things to choose from going to the theater. I don't know that Drop Dead Gorgeous would have been um, at the top of people's, oh, I need to see this. I will say, without Drop Dead Gorgeous, we wouldn't have Amy Adams. So Very true. (laughs) If for nothing else. (laughs) Yeah, it is is interesting to think, because looking at the cast of this film i mean you've got kirsten dunst as your lead character amber and uh fun fact she was pretty much the only character in the film who's actually younger than the age she's portraying Mm -hmm. she was one year younger than her age from the character and almost denise richards was probably 28 she was old enough to be going to her 10 year high school reunion so yes she was 28 at the time like everyone else was at least five years older than the character they were portraying it was really really interesting and i kind of feel like that is a bit of a missed opportunity i like it could have been there could have been one person who just looked like they were 50 but everyone just like accepted that they were a teenager like it's just that's right. one thing that just wasn't anywhere in this film and i could see it maybe being a, a step too far for what they were going for but it, it does feel like something they would do like you know maybe someone who had a benjamin button-esque 
Yeah. Uh, I yes, think that would thing. be hilarious. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, I don't know if you ever saw the Charlie Kaufman film, Synecdoche, New York. But uh, um, I have not. It's really weird, but I mean, it's Charlie Kaufman. But Jennifer Jason Lee's character? No. Samantha Morton's character. She gets this apartment and it's on fire the whole time and nobody <laughs> mentions it. It's just like the apartment's filled with smoke. They're just sitting there talking. It's just, it's so bizarre. And I love that it's like that. So yeah, that'd be wonderful. I do have to shout out. I mention this as often as I can. Denise Richards going from Starship Troopers to Wild Things to The World Is Not Enough and Drop Dead Gorgeous is the greatest four film streak of any actor ever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's... That is an interesting string of films, uh, and it's it's kind of telling that the worst of the lot would be The World Is Not Enough. Uh, <laughs> that is my favorite Bond film, so careful. <laughs> oh, no, I, I'd say you can absolutely enjoy that film, but, like, objectively, <laughs> if you take a look at that film... Oh, yeah, it's not the best Bond film, but it's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Now, I mean, there are so many films out there that I really enjoy, but I actively acknowledge are shit films. Uh, probably right up there would be Wild Wild West. I like, have never I, seen that, but I'm so I, intrigued because I hear so much hatred for it, and I always yeah. thought it looked fun. <laughs> no, that, that's the thing. Like, I, I absolutely love just... The setting of it, I was probably exactly the right age when I first saw it. Um, like, yeah, it, it's just it's just a fun film that you shut you can absolutely just shut your brain off, watch it. It's fun, but I think everyone was expecting Will Smith to have something more, like <laughs> just to have something else going on, um, and. Uh, this film was not that. This was not another Independence Day uh, or Men in Black or anything like that. This was just dumb fun. Uh, so. Is Salma Hayek in that? She is, yeah. Oh, yeah. sweet. Uh, I love her. I'll watch her in anything. Yeah, and she, uh, she very much is there as eye candy. Very specifically one scene in the film. Um, oh, so. well, you know, it's a paycheck. Yeah, exactly. And... And it's entirely like, like it's not necessarily gratuitous, um, and the entire point is that um, Will Smith's character is making fun of Kevin Klein's character in that scene because he's distracted by it. Like, so it, yeah, some people would say, "Oh, you know, you're just uh, trying to excuse uh, a little bit of gratuitous thing in there." It's like. Name a film that came out around that time that didn't have some form of eye candy that was exclusively to bring people into the film. I cannot name one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, it's just, it's just, I, I see your point and I declare it invalid. The cast in this movie is insane. It, it really is. I mean, uh, you've got uh, you know, the fantastic Kirstie Alley in it. Um, uh, and... Uh. Finding out she was a shit person was one of the saddest things that's ever happened to me. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. My, I, I've heard bits and pieces and grumblings and stuff. But I haven't looked into it. Um, uh, and uh, don't. It's heartbreaking. 
Yeah. And obviously at this point in time... Uh, yeah. yeah, she's she, dead now, having, so... Having passed away, yes, it's uh, not going to get full in there, but uh, um, I guess this would actually be a good uh, point to bring up. So uh, I was able to find um, uh, trivia around two people that uh, were well, one person who auditioned for the main role that would have made this, I think, a very different film. Uh, and also the role of Gladys was written with someone else in mind. So I kind of want to see if you can guess. Who do you think was one of, I would say, probably probably one of the more famous people that auditioned for the role of Amber? So... So it would have been being made around 98. Um, Gwyneth Paltrow. No, you're thinking too big for that. So this would okay. be... Uh, so someone who was definitely well-known at the time hadn't necessarily been in anything huge in terms of film. Hmm. Man, I can't think of anybody because that was such a huge breakout for so many people around mm-hmm. that same time period i'm just like who hadn't like yeah. so uh, so i guess um uh i'll try and give you one last hint and try and also the audience as well see if they can uh, get it before i give it out so um who who can you think of that was famously a teenager on tv during pretty much throughout the 90s like they were um, someone, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, uh, they started the show they were on. Their character was about 14, 15 years old when it started. Mila Kunis. Not Mila Kunis. Good shout there. I could see I could see that working. Uh, <laughs> Claire Danes. But, I'm just like... <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. All right, I'll uh, I'll put you. I grew up without here. television because my parents yeah. were super Christian. So I'm like just trying to think of retroactively what was on television at that time. You know what? I guarantee, if your parents were super Christian, they would have absolutely hated this show um, Ooh, just nice. because of the subject matter. It was uh, Melissa Joan Hart. Oh, Sabrina. For Amber. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and yes, that is uh, fun. I actually think the movie would have worked with Melissa Joan Hart. It, it would have been, it would have been a bit different. I think I don't think she could have quite pulled the same type of character that Kirsty um, that Kirsten Dunst did. But I almost said Kirsty Alley. Uh, just uh, um, uh, I, I would definitely be interested to see. Maybe she just filmed a scene. Just, just to see what would have happened there, because uh, yeah, if we could see like an audition tape or something, yeah, yeah. I mean, because Kirsten Dunst is one of our the greatest actresses of her generation, and just a yeah. great actress in general. I mean, she has given performances that have blown me away consistently throughout her career, and yeah. I think she gives a great performance in this. Uh, but I do think Melissa Joan Hart. I think I just think it would have been fun. It would have been different, but I don't think. I still think it would have worked. Yeah, no, it, it absolutely would have worked. I think it just, um, uh, she wouldn't have been quite the 
wholesome sort of homegrown teen that uh, that Kirsten Dunst is able to pull off. Uh, I think she would have been a little bit more. Uh, so I feel like she would have ended up just being a little bit more sure of herself. Uh, you know, so maybe more of a, um, a character clash with the Denise Richards character. But mm. uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, I won't go. Uh, I won't go and try and have you guess the Gladys role. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm you, bad at that. Yeah, that's so am I. I'm absolutely awful. Uh, I won't string it out, but yeah, I I will give you just one chance to guess based on the role. Um, it was written for one person in particular. Who do you feel would have done this role justice? Um. Obviously, you know, Kirstie Alley did a fantastic performance in it, but, you know, uh, who else do you think could have knocked this out of the park? Oh, man, I can't think of anybody who could have done it quite like that. Um, okay. Oh, I'm trying to think of who could be a great bitch of cinema in 1999 hmm? in that age group. I, I don't know. I, I'm yeah. bad at guessing these type of things. No, as, as soon as you say it, I'm going to be like, oh, obviously. <laughs> So, uh, so this role uh, of Gladys was written with Sigourney Weaver in mind. Oh, now that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> and I, yeah, having seen her doing things like in Paul, uh, you know, and also uh, Cabin in the Woods, like the the heel turn type characters, I I think that she could have done a fantastic job. I. Yeah. And like Probably her work in Heartbreakers, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she would have knocked that out of the park. Yeah, I, I would pay money to hear her doing the exaggerated Minnesota accent, just to, uh, just to see what that would that would look like. Maybe uh, she's on cameo, and that could be your like request. Can you just give me uh, <laughs> some dialogue from Drop Dead Gorgeous with the accent? Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Please and thank you. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I found those and I was like, that that would have shaped up to be a very different film. Could you imagine Melissa Joan Hart as Amber and Sigourney Weaver as Gladys and everyone else the same? Like it just My brain is melting right now thinking about this. <laughs> I would let maybe I'll dream about it tonight and go to that like alternate reality where that exists. There you go. Yeah. That's fun. just wonderful. Especially Sigourney. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. So obviously, yeah, the uh, two of us we we very much enjoyed this film, and um, uh, you know, in a little bit we'll definitely get into sort of favorite moments and things like that. But um, I do feel like we can't go too much further without drawing attention to some of the things that absolutely do not hold up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so. Probably the first thing for me in watching the film that sort of stood out and I kind of went, oh, yeah, no, uh, is how frequently a couple of the characters throw around a particular slur for someone with uh, developmental disabilities. Um, And obviously there is one character who is absolutely a caricature of idiotic 
Bumpkin, Nowhere, Hickville, um, and you know, they throw out this uh, this word a little bit at the beginning, and then several times during uh, a scene later in the film. And yeah, uh, don't take a shot every time they drop that word because you will be <laughs> hammered. It is the most jarring thing for me watching it now. That is the thing that is just like, ooh, um, but the period it came out. Yeah, I will say um, it's accurate. Yeah, and and that is that's kind of the thing for me. It's um, like this film would not if if they made it that this film was being made today, set today. There's no way that word's included in the script. Like, just which you know is a good thing, but also in little towns like that. I again, yeah. small town Indiana. I hear people dropping that around me sometimes, and yeah. people still like a hundred percent would say that in that situation. And yeah. yeah, but it's I try not to judge movies like a movie from nineteen ninety nine. No, yeah, uh, it was different. Yeah, like yeah, obviously at the time, yeah, that there's very much a a thing where you know people being called gay was up on line you know at that point in time um people who are absolutely idiots being called this word was just the done thing because you know it had always been done and there hadn't really been a good push yet for like hey now don't do that. Um, but uh, um, but yeah, I, I do think, and uh, I, I was trying to, to, to think about it. I do think if they made this film today, but clearly set it in 1999, um, very much like Blazing Saddles, I think you absolutely could get away with not changing the script. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah, this is a look at how stupid these people were back then <laughs> type thing. Like, yeah. uh, and so it, it very much is unfortunately a product of its time. Um, so yeah, li- watching it now, as you said, very jarring, but there is a certain level of, obviously we know none of the people in the film actually would use the, this word, like referring to yeah. this stuff, like, yeah, but, I mean, uh, they might have at the time. Like, I was a, I grew up in the '90s, and uh, people. I mean, it's just you didn't think a thing about it. Yeah, and I, some I people suppose, learned yeah. that that wasn't cool <laughs> as the years went on and the language evolved, and some people did not learn that that wasn't cool. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I was trying to think of um, like anything else that was quite as sort of. Oh, uh, for me, is that um, like really, really there wasn't any other sort of major grievances I had in terms of wow, like yeah, that would absolutely not fly today. But uh, I do. Feel I don't like, see them doing the eating disorder. No, that that was the other thing. I was like, the eating disorder today. is questionable because you. That's the odd thing. Like, we're told she has an eating disorder. 
But we don't. Well, there's a whole wing at the hospital. Like, like, all it is is she's ill. She's clearly being treated. Like, yeah, you know, she she's yeah. Being We're seeing someone get treatment for an eating disorder. It's actually a positive depiction, I think. Yeah. Uh, but, but it's like, I said uh, slightly yeah. glibly, but. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that would be included because that's like, oh, you don't no. joke about that. And I might be going yeah. to hell. But I will say that sequence at the pageant with her doing her performance she had done the year before in the wheelchair with the nurse pushing her around while she lip syncs <laughs> is one of the funniest things I have ever seen. And I won't apologize for it. It's just it's so offensive. It's so funny. And yeah. yeah. No. No, and and that's the thing. It's like. That's why I think it's like borderline, um, uh, especially as I said, like we don't see her sort of eating and purging or anything like that. Like we don't actually see any of the eating disorder. All we know is she's clearly not well and we're told she has an eating disorder. That's it. <laughs> you know, and so, yeah, they, they get that punchline of her in the wheelchair. Just, oh, I'm bored. <laughs> uh, although... Personally, I think probably my favorite bit from the entire film, like the thing that just made me chuckle the most, was Denise Richards' song and dance with <laughs> Jesus, very specifically right at the end when she's got him on the cross over, over her, her back shoulder and she's walking and just, just sort of doing a sort of a hello my baby hello my honey sort of walk off with it extras walked out during uh that really scene. they were more offended by that than the anorexic uh wheelchair oh, sequence on. i mean i guess they, given people where were more they mad are. about the her with jesus over her back <laughs> i grew up in the church and i think it is absolutely hysterical it's one of my favorite moments of all time i love the yeah. gif of it i just i absolutely <laughs> adore it i think it's hilarious i'm so glad it's included denise richards is a national treasure <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i uh, yeah um, I, I know I've mentioned it on the podcast before. Uh, yeah, I myself am an atheist, so yeah, anything that's sort of uh, like yeah, slightly poking a jab at it, just being like yeah, objectively, that's fucking funny. Like just that entire sequence is brilliant, uh, specifically because like yeah, as I was going to say, you know, people would be offended, and as you just told me, people literally walked off set. <laughs> Like, yeah. what the hell uh but um yeah no that 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 is i would say the funniest thing in in a in a film filled with dark humor and oh it is a pitch just very black dry. comedy <laughs> yeah like I, that is very much my my thing like i i love dry humor i love dark humor um you know uh, there's not a huge number of films that are willing to go quite that far, especially relatively mainstream films like yeah. this one uh, was attempting to be. Uh, uh, and supposedly uh, with this film, like the uh, the New Line people, uh, they hadn't paid much attention during filming. They went and sort of looked at the uh, the numbers 
for you know uh, projected numbers and things like that while it was being edited and they realized that uh, very few people who were aware of the film were planning on seeing it like they hadn't done a great job of marketing or anything like that so they asked them to recut it to be more of a conventional teen comedy <laughs> how um, <laughs> that's not what it yeah. is yeah i know and it was also too late to do reshoots they did, did like most of the editing was done there was no time to bring people back um <laughs> according to the screenwriter the studio never realized that it was a movie for girls who saw clueless and said fuck them <laughs> so <laughs> um, yeah I was just going to say some of the other big laughs for me involve the previous. Actually, it's just all the previous pageant winners. Uh, (laughs) The one with the eating disorder, all of her scenes are hysterical. The one that's like from World War Two, it's like didn't even get keep my damn tear. I had to turn it in for scrap. And then, of course, you know, the actress one. I just love St. Paul pork products. I mean. All of those things make me laugh so hard I almost am like in tears. Yeah, I, I mean that that one where it's like, oh, yeah, she's an actress, and it is just the, you know, it's basically the the small town car dealership ads, <laughs> the you know, the bad superimposing and everything. Yeah, no, it, it's uh, masterfully done. Like it's a perfect send up of all of those types of things and. Uh, I I was pleasantly surprised rewatching this just how many of those little moments just still landed brilliantly uh, and I do actually have a, a question for you regarding one thing in this film which is obviously the boy who uh, is takes a liking to Amber mm-hmm. ends up dying in a hunting accident well, it's um, dangerous. Yeah, no, it absolutely <laughs> is. Uh, so, I guess my question to you is, who do you believe killed him? Becky. Do you, Becky do you 100% think was, killed him. Yeah, so, do you think it was Denise Richards? Yes, Denise or? Richards, okay. I uh, killed him. I think <laughs> Kirstie Alley killed the girls in the pageant to help Denise Richards win. Because, oh, yeah. you know, she admits to blowing up Tammy, but Denise Richards was just jealous of yeah. him hitting on Amber. So, and we also get a smash cut from whatever happens with him to Denise Richards yep. after, after Amber is like, man, it's weird. You don't, <laughs> he took it right between the eyes. You don't often see that. And then it's just smash cut to Denise Richards with her gun being like, well, hunting's dangerous and shooting. Like, is she a hundred percent killed him? Yeah. It's just like, yeah. Oh, he said, oh, like, oh, well, here's my gun. Uh, yeah. That's the thing. It's like every other person that dies in this film or gets severely injured, you know, what have you, is very clearly it's Gladys that's doing it. Mm-hmm. But... In this one instance, uh, yeah, no, it, it's quite clear that uh, um, uh, Becky is more than capable of uh, dropping someone who slights them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that was the one thing that I was like, I wasn't sure if it was a she knew 
and was just fine with it, or if you thought she absolutely did it. Um, obviously, the film is heavily implying she did, uh, yeah. but uh, I, I wasn't sure what your take would be on that. But Yeah, uh, I think no. without question it was her. And, you know, there was one thing that, for whatever reason, I just found just a fantastic joke that you see once and it it never brought up again uh but it's the fact that the first judge's name is john doe spelled d-o-u-g-h oh yes that's the other element that i don't think they would include if they made it today no the the, the character itself named john doe (laughs) yeah (laughs) i say like uh i i love the fact that that was that they were like, yep, that's his name. Uh, and then obviously, as the film went on, it was very clear that uh, uh, there's probably a reason why he's called John Doe. Uh, and, yeah. He's, ne- he's um, never been around young girls. Even if he was, yeah. why would he want to be? He doesn't like that kind of thing. And that's really why you're asking, right? Did, did someone say something? <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> again, I love that they're using anything as a punchline. Like nothing is awful yeah. in it. No, absolutely, and and again, it is kind of a perfect satire of the types of people that do end up judging these relatively low end beauty pageant things. It's like, like, how do they find random middle aged men to sit and judge women on a stage? Like, yeah, at that level. They don't have someone who's going to end up like someone who's been in the business for years, who right. knows fashion and that. No, it's just a local business owner, someone who volunteers to do it. Which why are you volunteering? <laughs> you know, it's a, it is a brilliant bit, but um, yeah, no, it, it's very much sort of hang a hat on it. I I do think it would have been interesting if they'd done it more like they did. Donnie Darko with um with the you know the guy who who comes in and uh you know works work with sparkle motion and and does all of that stuff and at the end you find out that he's uh they're the reason why he's working with all of these uh underage kids and stuff like that but uh obviously for this film they wanted it to be a bit more on the nose <laughs> Cause that's I have where, never seen Donnie Darko, and you just spoiled it for me. Thank you. I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah, I have seen I have seen it before, <laughs> but it's been a really long time. I don't remember a lot of specifics about it. <laughs> no, that that's fine. It's like um, obviously the the whole point. This guy, yeah, this guy comes in and he he's helping out. He's doing the judging, like all of this, all of this good stuff, and uh, you know. Then when his house gets burned down, the police find the stuff and it all comes out that way. And like, I, I think if the film was trying to be any more serious, they obviously probably would have gone that way and just made it slightly less overt. However, the film is drop-dead gorgeous and uh, there's not not very much subtlety going on in, uh, in the comedy here, which uh, obviously works for it, but... Uh, and everything is a target. I mean, they make jokes about literally everything from, mm-hmm. yeah, from race, all kinds of race, uh, mental disabilities, mm-hmm. uh, mental health things, <laughs> eating disorders, the gays, uh, you know, all of it. It's just all there for a joke. But I don't think it's meant to be 
hurtful toward any of these communities. I think it's pointing a lens on the type of people in these small towns. Yeah. And yeah, but I will say there's a podcast I listen to, uh, horror queers on the bloody disgusting network. And they covered this film. And one of them, one of the hosts is my age, 34. And they watched it with a friend of theirs. That's in like his early twenties, you know, in the Gen Z. And yeah. he was horrified by it we thought it was so <laughs> offensive and hated it and people our age are just like oh no that's really funny <laughs> but um yeah the next generation definitely doesn't appreciate this movie as much no which i think is sad but you know yeah i get it it's very much the thing where yeah you, know, you have that level it's the same with technology like yeah anything that was around before you were born is just kind of the way it is like that's just the way it works anything that exists from when you're born to when you're like 25 that's just that's just stuff that came out during that time like you know that that's the stuff that you know that's the stuff that kind of shapes you anything that comes out between the age of 25 and like 35 is a wow this is a really cool new stuff that you know, you're trying to track anything that comes out after the age of 35 goes against the natural order of things and uh, oh no like, i've <laughs> got one more year one more year to enjoy stuff <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> yeah it's uh it, it's definitely something where yeah you know, something like this that's a product of its time that we grew up with we're going to have those rose tinted glasses which is a hundred percent why I wanted to do these episodes because you know, I I had a great time watching this film, but I absolutely acknowledge that there is no chance in hell that this film, as it stands, would get made today. Um, oh, absolutely yeah. not! Not a chance in hell. <laughs> uh, which again, I just find that sad. I wish we could get movies that were this uh, unafraid to just take risks and pull out of the stops and not worry about offending anyone and just, you know, cause art should be a reflection of life and this is still a part of life. There's still people like this and why not make yeah. fun of them? You know? Yeah. And they're the film that came out in 2016, myself and my former co-host, we actually covered it on uh, the podcast. So Christopher Guest mockumentary called mascots that oh, I didn't see that. As a while, I was rewatching this. I was definitely getting sort of like, oh, you, you know, I I could see that as kind of being almost a spiritual successor. Um, uh, it uh, it was a Netflix film. Uh, had a whole bunch of uh, of people in it, uh, like you know. Jane Lynch, uh, Fred Willard, uh, Chris O'Dowd's in it, like a, a, a whole bunch of people like that. And it's very much just clearly mostly improv as a lot of Christopher Guest stuff is where it's several sports mascots competing uh, in the, you know, the mascot championship uh, and uh, a documentary following them. So like it, it really felt like that a little bit, uh, obviously very different, but yeah, uh, along the same lines of uh, just seeing the sort of ridiculous things that are going on during this competition. Um, and uh, uh, Speaking yeah, of the, ridiculous the, things in the competition, 
I hope we spend a little bit of time talking about these judges interviews. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I was, uh, I was going to say that, uh, I, at this point I wanted to pivot towards like, what were some of your favorite bits and scenes from the film? So, uh, uh we may as well start there. The, the interviews I think is one of the funniest moments of the movie. I mean, we haven't even mentioned Brittany Murphy yet. May she rest in peace. Yeah. It, delivering an all-time performance again like that moment she just starts laughing after revealing that she met greg luganis one time at one of her (laughs) brother's shows and she just laughs and laughs and laughs in this way that only britney murphy could do and you just start laughing it is just it's so funny and the whole entire thing like you know what kind of tree would you be in denise richards it's just like one with strong roots in a community like mount rose a strong Christian trunk and long leafy branches to shelter handicapped kids on a hot summer day. Like she's just so full of shit and (laughs) just the whole entire thing. And, you know, making Kirsten Dunst recite (laughs) all 50 States in alphabetical order and spell them. And Mm -hmm. like, it's so funny. I don't know how many times, like if I hear the word Alabama, I just am like (laughs) Alabama, (laughs) ALA, just, I can't help it. Yeah, and and they even sort of get to have their cake and eat it too with the sort of fade out, and then yeah, what was it eight and a half minutes later, fade back in, and she's finishing it up. Uh, clearly, to the utter shock of two of the three judges. Uh, yeah, that it just a a great bit where like yeah, it's very clear who wrote. Uh, the questions and everything, and uh, yeah, um, yeah, you know, frustratingly, the other scene where that one slur gets thrown around several times until that exact moment is just phenomenal writing and acting. Where it is just like, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, who knows who's gonna like, you know, it could be any of that, and then you know, obviously, the, the idiot brother just being like, I know, yeah. <laughs> 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 Yeah, it's it's obvious that it's predetermined, but uh, uh, but yeah, no, it, it's it's such a great thing. Like I I can't picture anyone else in these roles. Like obviously, you know, we know that uh, there could have been other people doing it, and it would be interesting to see some of those. But like, I I cannot picture this film maintaining its charm like the same sort of charm it has and potentially becoming a cult classic if they had cast any of those other people in it like mm. obviously do you Scorny know who could not have, had have more been star cast power? with anyone else someone else we have not mentioned and i can't believe we haven't mentioned this 50 minutes in <laughs> alice and janney every single moment with yeah. her is gold oh yeah no she uh loretta is just uh, perfect character <laughs> absolutely yeah in in a film filled with little bits here and there that like eh, that wouldn't get done today or like you know this is like yeah absolutely no notes anytime she's on screen just oh just absolutely smash. i mean if i'm with my friends or something and i see a cute boy or something i just be like oh you are cute <laughs> i just <laughs> i i love her in this so much i, I mean i just love it alice and janie i love her all the time even yeah, if it's no. not a great project, she is always amazing. And this is just top tier, Alice and Janney. Uh, so, yes, everything with her. 10 out of yeah, 10, and, no notes. 
and uh, I always love seeing Mindy Sterling as well, just in these little things, like, yeah, the, the second she's on screen, it's like, ah, Frau Fabisner, how are you doing? And it's just, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, you know, yes. <laughs> just the, 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 the perfect yes woman with That's the perfect phenomenal. accent for the yes woman. Like, it's just... Uh, it, the accent uh, work in this movie is just golden yeah absolute perfection i love it it makes me so happy i mean i have really bad depression but throw this movie on and hear just (laughs) (laughs) yeah hello tony like the way she says tony hey to the folks as she's like lusting after these high school wrestlers that i again just so funny (laughs) the scene doesn't need to be in there but i'm so glad it exists yeah (laughs) wonderful wonderful stuff and obviously, like I said, everything with the Mary Johansson, the previous year's winner, uh, <laughs> will make me laugh so hard I cry. I mean, when her hair is coming out, it's Kirsten Dunst is brushing it, and she's like, "Just, just a snarl." Uh, yes, <laughs> hysterical. It's just like I can't believe they're doing this. This is so offensive, but also it's just the situational comedy of it all is hilarious. Yeah, and. And that's the other thing as well. It's like, yeah, you know, obviously this person's but to have a quite severe eating disorder, and that's what they've been treated for. But it's like, why is that making them like the hairs falling out? Like, just that <laughs> they're effectively a leper at this point. <laughs> like, it's just so, uh, so weak and all that. But yeah, that uh, again, Kirsten Dunst's reaction in that moment, like, it's, it's I almost. I almost wonder if they didn't actually tell her that there were some loose hairs and like they just sort of wanted to see what she would do. Like, that's I I don't know, uh, but whatever it is, just hilarious. And obviously just, I feel like everyone's performance in this is just so pitch perfect and they're doing their own very unique brand of just ridiculous. And Denise Richards, I feel like gets a lot of shit, but I think pretty much everything I've seen her in, she understands the assignment oh yeah it very much is something like i i think she ended up with that issue of she sort of became very famous very quickly but was also extremely stereotyped and then that stereotype ran out of roles like so it's almost like she didn't quite have the chance to go off and do the things that you'd expect her to do given her clear acting capabilities uh, mm-hmm. a little bit like josh hartnett like he just kept, he was huge and then he just vanished for a while he's uh, been getting really good roles i mean i didn't love oppenheimer but he was amazing in it and i'm in the minority on that everyone on the <laughs> internet thinks i'm insane for not loving oppenheimer but yeah, I, I can hartnett see why someone wouldn't it. like oppenheimer um, yeah, I I very much enjoyed it myself. I am a Killian Murphy fan, so like, oh, I yeah, love I, I love Killian. I, it seemed like the type of movie I would love. I thought I was going to love it, and then I just. I, but I mean, I saw it the yeah. best way possible. I saw it, and uh, oh my god, I'm now IMAX. completely forgetting the format. I did see it in IMAX, but I saw it in the specialized. Uh, I can't remember the number millimeter. Um, Oh, you actually got to see it in one of the few places that could do that? Yes, Indianapolis, Indiana has our state IMAX. 
has uh, one of those. So every once in a while, I get to see a cool movie in that format that I cannot remember what it's called because I smoked a little bit of weed. So, you know. That's right. uh, But yes, that cool format. I got to say, you know, I I saw it in the best possible way and it just didn't work for me. And that's fine. I will give it another chance because I try to watch things twice if I'm conflicted on how I feel about it. Fair enough. I mean, it it is... I was shocked at how slow they were willing to go with it. Like it, it was, it was a fantastic slow burn. Uh, but uh, yeah, maybe, uh, maybe once you've watched it again, uh, yeah, you can come back on and uh, we'll give it a, a full review. I, I do find it uh, with this film, like obviously we we didn't even touch half of the cast just in talking about this stuff. But uh, like, uh, yeah, they had like Adam West. Is in it just as himself, just yep. for once. It's like, it's like what? <laughs> that joke at the beginning where he's like talking about and places like, and it just and it's in beautiful Mount Rose, Minnesota. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just so funny. And then you know they have that joke about him later that he, I'm sure they had to approve with him about like, oh my Probably. roommate slept at, my roommate slept with Adam West. He was so horny. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. It's yeah. great stuff. And it, it uh, I, I'm actually kind of intrigued because uh, that that bit about you know places like and then yeah just that flat voice just saying the name of where you're at like I'm fairly certain that's a Simpsons joke as well and I don't know who I did mean, it first. Is it, is it everything? Yeah, <laughs> and the Simpsons always yeah. does it like twenty years before. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. I mean it. Uh, South Park even did a, a whole episode that was literally just called Simpson did it uh, but, uh, but yeah no, it, uh, I, I I did go into this film uh, perfectly honest I, I went into this rewatch thinking I would find more things about it than I did that would be like mm, you know what I, I don't think that really holds up or things like that but um Honestly, the the character work in this, um, the the writing, um, and you know the uh, what I'm assuming were several moments of improv uh, from from uh, a lot of the cast is is so well done that uh, I I feel like with minimal tweaks you could make a film similar to this today. Um, yeah, obviously, like we covered, uh, a few words definitely not going to be in there, yes. uh, and um, you know maybe maybe instead of an eating disorder, uh, maybe the maybe the previous year's winner is just so accident prone, like just constantly like breaking legs, uh, smashing their head into cabinets, things like that, like just uh, in and out of hospital the entire year and not actually able to do any of the. Uh, any of the stuff they're supposed to do for their for their year of rain or something like that, but uh, yeah, I uh, I would be interested to see this film made now. Um, you know, obviously, you know, tweaked up and stuff like that. But uh, uh, if this film was made now, can you think of who you would cast in it? Because like, hmm. um, I. I know there would be if this was made now. I guarantee you, there would be so many SNL people in it 
just because that seemed to be what happens with this type of ensemble film that's sort of a darker comedy there's just so many of those types of people in it but like i i've been trying to think of who like who would be good in some of these roles who would be the people that would absolutely um, so i would love to see dove cameron in the role of becky played by denise richards i think dove cameron would kill it i'm only gonna go with like the main main four uh in the kirsten dunst role hmm i'm trying to think of like you know that group of young actors that could believably play, you know, a seventeen-year-old. <laughs> yeah, no, it it is very difficult. Like, I mean, um, I could see them going for something like, especially if it's supposed to be, you know, someone who just wants to win. Like, just like this is their dream to do it, but you know, there's no way this town is going to let her win. Someone like Zendaya. Yeah, I, I would also say would like be... Florence Pugh. Because, like, I want to say oh. her and Dove Cameron, they are both, like, 27, but, like, they look young. She played young Amy in Little Women a couple years ago. Like, who cares? Um, yeah, no, that's that's a good one. I, I could definitely see that going off well. Um, uh, trying to think. Um, I, I think I have someone that I would say for, you know, if we were doing just, you know, Someone very similar that could do the role. Um, I was thinking in terms of Amber's mum, someone like Jamie Presley. I think she would she would do a great sort of trailer park mum thing. Especially, yeah, I'm thinking My Name Is Earl era Jamie Presley, and she's yeah. obviously done parody film stuff before. Like uh, she was in, uh, she had a very limited role in. Uh, I think it was not another team movie. Um, might be wrong about that, but yeah, and there's, I, I think she could pull that off. But uh, uh, I, I will admit, I've been absolutely stumped for who I would get to do Gladys. And that's what I'm. I'm just sitting here thinking, and I'm just like, man, no, no. <laughs> yeah, like, uh. a, I think it would have to be someone that doesn't normally do comedy. Like, I, I think you need to get someone who is an absolutely serious, kind of like how Leslie Nielsen was like he was a dead straight actor until he did Airplane and then just kicked off from there so I mean Sandra Bullock Rick like she obviously has the uh, the serious acting job but we know she can do comedy and dark yeah she's great at comedy and she doesn't ever really play a bitch so that would be a fun I like and I could believe that she'd be Dove Cameron's mom so (laughs) yeah there we go I I think we've uh I think we've, we've done totally well, nailed it. it. Uh, Do you know and, what was really and of nice? Course, uh, what? In this film, Amy Adams wins second runner up, which she does think is second place, but I just yeah. thought it was really nice seeing Amy Adams win an award. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and what oh, what else did she get with it? Wasn't it like a twenty five dollar gift card to something? Uh, something like that. It's just Amy Adams always nominated never winning Uh, i just really liked seeing her up there on stage holding a little trophy in her hand it made me really happy i just tried to pretend it was real life yeah 
Well, maybe one day, uh, you know, when they completely overhaul how they do the Academy Awards and so on. I will say, I think there is, um, and I'm sure you'll back me on this one, there is one character in this film that uh, would not be recast. Yeah, the same person playing them in the in the remake of this film. Um, yeah, again, no notes, and that is of course Alison Janney. Oh, like, absolutely. <laughs> like, Change yeah, nothing. She, she just get. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Same character, same lines, same scene. Yes. <laughs> just not, nothing changed in that. Um, yeah, I'm a hundred percent behind that. Uh, <laughs> And uh, <laughs> I will say one other thing I just have to point out that I love deeply. Mm-hmm. Brittany Murphy getting scolded by her father and just screaming out there. Her brother is gay. <laughs> gay. I uh, love it so much. It Brittany Murphy taken from us too soon. Yeah. Iconic line reading. Yeah. No notes on it. It's uh, deeply wonderful. Uh, I wish more people asked me if I was gay so I could just send that to them. But I feel like people just know. But yeah, any chance I get to use that little moment from Brittany Murphy, I take that. Maybe maybe you should clip it and uh, just make it the outro of every episode of Men Who Like Men <laughs> Like Movies. <laughs> like that's how I'll end every episode from now on. Just. Yeah, just just yeah, just yelling the word gay. I actually do quite like this idea. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) You're absolutely welcome. (laughs) I I I do think that's probably a good point to end it uh, from us and the Sarah Rose Cosmetic Registered Copyright Trademarked American Teen Princess Pageant. Uh, So. that that was another thing that I I I found it really funny as well was the fact that uh, I don't know if you saw that the Sarah Rose Cosmetics it it, is, it has all of the things it is registered it is copyrighted it is trademarked. <laughs> <laughs> I always noticed there was a lot going on with it, but I never paid that much attention to it. And I lived in Alabama for five years, fairly close to Lincoln. And the fact that this finale you know ends up in Lincoln, Alabama, is so funny because that is the smallest little like boring town and just knowing that that's where like the national things were going to take place was in Lincoln, Alabama. I was just like, Oh, that's just sad. <laughs> you could have go all the way to Lincoln. Great stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, I mean, the, the thing as well, just with, you know, they get to the building to find that it is like foreclosed upon. Like, how like <laughs> uh, I know that logic takes a holiday for most of this film, but that is the biggest leap in the entire film is the fact that they picked everyone up and brought them to this building that like no one's there. <laughs> it's yeah. just, it's just such a like a wet fart of an ending, but it's so funny because I mean, it's structured so strange because what feels like the climax is the whole, you know, pageant between Amy, between, Kirsten Dunst and Denise Richards but that's like two thirds of the way through and then the last of it you know with this other pageant and uh, you know that ridiculousness that happens with the (laughs) eating bad clams it just feels so odd structurally 
but I love it because that's the point of it just being like, all this was for nothing. Like, this is stupid. And yeah. it's just, <laughs> I think it's brilliant. It is that thing of, uh, yeah, Kirsten Dunn's character literally just locks her way through life. Uh, like, you know, she, she is runner up. And then the winner explodes, so she becomes the default winner. She then is the only person that doesn't need the shellfish, because uh, yeah. she ate the chicken. Uh, don't need anything <laughs> that can carry its house around with it. You don't know the yeah. last time it's been cleaned. <laughs> so, so, of course, she wins that one, and then uh, just, no one wins the last thing. But then, uh, yeah, then of course, when uh, Gladys comes back to try and kill her, she ends up getting her her dream job. So. She does. <laughs> it's just, just pure insanity, and I'm absolutely here for it. I'm glad you rewatched it. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, once again, thank you very much for uh, suggesting this one. Um, yeah, again, in summary, as I mentioned before, this film absolutely would not shot for shot word for word be remade now but not only do i think it absolutely could i feel like it would be a shame if we didn't get more like it i don't want an exact remake of this film but i want more film like this film in this day and age especially with some of the writers and actors that we have now i feel like there could be some brilliantly done dark comedies um i'd love to see a full like Hollywood dark comedy being made um, really get it into the mainstream again but uh, unfortunately it a lot of these films do end up just being sort of cult classics and uh, uh, making all of their money on um, on the back end rather than in the cinema which means that they're going to be few and far between but yeah thank you so much for coming on and uh, talking to me about this it's been an absolute blast speaking with you and uh, uh, for for anyone that wants to to find you and the things that you do uh, how can people get a hold of you oh thank you for having me to talk about this this is in my top four favorites on letterbox so <laughs> it's always a pleasure to talk about if you want to find me and my podcast, my podcast is Men Who Like Men Who Like Movies. My co-host, Sean, and I go back and forth picking a film every week to talk about. And we have really fun guests, people in the industry, actors, directors, pe- critics, podcasters, people that just like movies. Uh, it's a good time. Have fun. Episodes come out every Friday. Unless I'm having a depressive episode and they might run a day later or so, but you know what happens. <laughs> Mental health comes first. Yeah, you can find the podcast pretty much everywhere you get podcasts, and if it's not somewhere, let me know, and I will try to rectify that. If you want to find the pod on the socials, we're on Blue Sky, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook. The ones that require a handle, it is at Triple M Pod with three M's. If you want to find me, I'm on... Twitter, Blue Sky, and Letterboxd at Just Happy to See You, number two, letter C, letter U. And that's all my stuff. All right. And for those of you that have been listening to this podcast but not following uh, our socials, uh, just search Blokebusters at one word. You'll absolutely find us. Uh, we are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, I have not got around to trying to set up on any of the other emerging platforms yet mostly because 
honestly, I don't have the the time. <laughs> to, so to much time to go into that. Um, especially recently, um, uh, I'll kind of use this as a bit of a update for people as well. Um, recently, I've been going through a bunch of stuff. Been uh, working on um, getting my citizenship sorted. Uh, so, the USA so, is a okay. <laughs> exactly. I, I think I'm going to have to use some of those at the, at the ceremony. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> uh, I've been going through that. Uh, uh, my my wife is uh, pregnant with our second child right now, so uh, we, that's going to be coming along um, sort of uh, uh, close to close to summer of next year and. Uh, uh, you know, work's been ramping up. So uh, honestly, my free time has been few and far between recently. So that's why there's slightly less episodes of the podcast coming out at, than usual. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I am attempting to get back into the swing of it, but uh, you know, I do apologise if it is uh, few and far between for the foreseeable future. Uh, it's not going anywhere, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. But as I said, yes, please do reach out, uh, Blokebusters, on uh, any of the places you might expect it to be, and uh, blokebusters.com. And yeah, still have that site, still looking lovely, if I do say so myself, which I do. Uh, and uh, um, once again, thank you uh, for, for coming on and uh, being a great guest with this. It's been fantastic talking with you, and hopefully, you'll, you'll come back another time. Oh, absolutely. This is a blast. <laughs> all right good to hear uh, well uh, uh with all of that being said i've been paul and you've been clayton and uh, see you next time bye Hi. in case i don't see you good afternoon good evening and good night hang on a minute lads i've got a great idea uh louis i think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship you're still here it's over Go home. Go.